Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry. As we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager, your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, Garrett Wong, who in 1999 played Mike Wong or God in the indie film, The Auteur Theory. And myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil. Remember, you can get the full version of this entire podcast with so much more bonus material, so much cool stuff. Mm-hmm. When you sign up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. So the auteur theory 1999 what was that the auteur theory yeah i did so many independent films while i was on yeah the show. you did it was just one after another after another it was a film festival from what i recall the that was, movie was about uh, yeah. a film festival yes and these are all different people that had you know directors had their film at the film festival similar to when you did um slam dance remember and i was yeah. there and i yeah. supported you so this yeah. is what it is and i think somebody's going around murdering all the directors i think is what it yeah is what it is. So, <laughs> that's very funny yeah and so and in the uh, film that i'm in the independent film that i am in within the film the film within the film yeah. i play god so i'm able oh, to sort I of see. like i sort of snap my fingers and i and and bring someone to life and snap my fingers again and and so You're in like my Q. scene i'm like you i am oh my god no one's wow. ever made that reference or that that parallel, that analogy. You got to wow. play Q. I got to play Q. And wow. in my scene, it was with Jeremy Sisto, who, uh-huh. if you remember, he was in uh, Clueless yeah. way back when. So Jeremy yeah. Sisto was in that scene. And Jeremy Sisto's with his, I don't know if it's if it's if it was his friend, his brother or something, and his brother has died in the movie. And I come in as God and I snap my fingers and and his brother is magically alive again. But then Jeremy Sisto is kind of rude and I snap it again and his brother dies and it just sort of like, I'm cue back and forth. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's so it was funny. a cool, yeah, it was a cool little film that I worked on. I got to work with, um, they had a, a pretty substantial cast in this in this little independent film, yeah. including Jeremy Sisto. Armin Shimmerman was in it. I didn't have any scenes with Armin, but I did, I think I might've, if I didn't have a scene with Natasha Leone, she was definitely there the day that I was filming. Oh, and Natasha yeah. Leone is in Orange is the New Black with Kate yeah, Mulgrew. Yeah, with Kate Mulgrew, so, yes. I love small worlds like this. That's very cool. So there you go. That oh. was Auteur Theory. Where Auteur I really got. Theory, 1999. Mm-hmm. Wow. You made a movie about a film festival a year before I made my short that you went to a film festival with me that next year. You yes. went you went to the the Slam Dance Film Festival. Yeah, to to support nine millimeters of love. Ethan Phillips is in it. It's a short that I made on the Paramount back lot right around mm-hmm. the time you made the Otour Theory, probably. Mm-hmm. John Campbell, who was the head of facilities. I, I love John. He was awesome. At the time, I was smoking occasionally uh, at work for sure. Mm-hmm. And I would go smoke a cigarette out by the hair makeup trailer. That was mm-hmm. kind of a good designated spot. Yeah. And John Campbell was also a smoker. And oh, uh, that's so how you guys start talking I, from a smoke break. Oh, that's smoke. hilarious. <laughs> and we became lifelong oh friends. God. I still talk to John Campbell, the head of wow. facilities for I he was there it. for 30 years. I love it. I think I met John Campbell in the same spot where I first met you right outside of the hair makeup trailer. No way. That's so uh, probably funny. the same spot. Yeah. Oh, my God. So did you show John nine millimeters of love? Did he see it then? Did he? Oh, actually- yeah. 
he uh, thanked him in the credits and uh right. he was he I came mean, to he, the screening right he, he must came have... to the screening yeah. john generously made it happen that i could shoot on the paramount back lot the new york streets for two days a saturday and a sunday for free i didn't pay a dime <laughs> you didn't pay it and wow. that back lot i would guess for a daily rental is probably twenty five thousand dollars a day yeah i was gonna to, say we're, we're talking like six figures to rent that right oh it so, would have been yeah twenty five to fifty thousand dollars a day figures. yeah twenty okay yeah five yeah figures. it would have been a lot of money and i got it for free i couldn't have made the movie without <laughs> it so amazing yeah and the, the whole experience with the slam dance people the organizers they were great i mean the programming was good everything was running very yeah. smoothly yeah they put on a good film festival for sure so uh slam dance had an amazing season that year in mm. fact there's a couple of filmmakers uh that went on to big things that had their first films there olivia wilde had a short film that which one was hers directed i can't remember I, but i remember going to see I, the screening same time as your your slam season? dance yeah what? the same the same year well, then I, as did, I went with you, right? You probably I did. I must have. Can't did. remember the name of I it, must but have it was did. Her, her first. <laughs> it was like have. an experimental little short that she had directed. Okay, and that was around two thousand. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, where are we? Okay, uh, this week's episode is ah. workforce. Yes, workforce part one. Mm -hmm. We are workforce going to yes, we are going to go watch it. Let's we are going it. to remember what we can remember yeah we'll come back and talk to everybody about it shortly sounds good for all our patreon patrons stick around for your bonus material oh we're back from watching workforce part one and right off wow. the bat can i just ask you a question because yes you remember the episode where the herogen took over our ship and used it as a training ground and yes. the majority of our main players we're all under the influence of a little chip or something that they didn't know who they were. Yeah. So you did not like that episode because of that reason and that reason alone. You said, this is not my favorite episode because our guys don't even know who they are. Do you also feel that way in watching this episode? No, I don't. don't. I remembered like the whole factory set. I remembered, yeah. I yeah. didn't remember that I was a waiter. I didn't remember any of that story. I think I remembered more because, like I said, Craker and Roxanne were talking about yeah. so many of the production elements of this that I remember that stuck with me more right. than my story. More Isn't than that, that I, funny? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Because it was a very different episode. But I got to say, back to your first question, this episode is one of my favorites so far. Wow. Love all seven seasons. I'm just going to say that, you know, in your in your closet, you have two Tom Paris uniforms. Yes. Which are great. But I really think you should have tried to go for that vest that you yes. have as a waiter. That funky. I don't it know. Was what kind of a, it was almost like a jacket vest. It was. Yes, a but it had vest jacket. crazy texture on there, which I thought, hey, that's what you should have taken. Speaking that's of nice. having things from the show. Yeah. I found. Oh, oh no, crazy. it's like that. That's okay. It looks cool like that. I like that. Well, I found my script from the episode because the pages are folded back. Oh, yeah. Of For my scenes and there's coffee stains and all kinds of things. On yeah, it. we know that's, that's it's the real deal. Yeah. See, like there's a folded back page yeah. there. Yeah, but where's the revisions, though? Were there any revisions? Maybe there weren't. It says final draft. 
And this is the one with my scenes folded over. So I okay. feel like this is the I one. Think, I think and it's that... bent here. And I found a pristine copy. That, oh, there it is. Yeah. I found a pristine copy and I found that copy. This I think copy. that's the copy that you took on set with you to look at for lines. Like we didn't have little tiny sides back then. No, no, we didn't have sides. But anyway, I found both of these scripts. Very cool. I think I'm going to throw them up on the store because these things have been gathering dust. So I'm going to throw it up on the store. Workforce part one, found my script, found another one. But back to your question, this episode is one of my favorites. The premise is so interesting to me. Yes, our, our personalities have been changed a bit or our memories have been right. changed, but we're, we are ourselves. We're not playing characters. We're playing Balana okay, okay, okay. And Paris uh, and yeah, Catherine yeah. Janeway. And yeah, we just yeah. don't have any memory. Okay. We are still authentic versions of ourselves. We just don't have any memory of our prior lives. Yeah. Right? And or Tuvok least... with his Vulcan blood, I guess, yeah. can resist it enough yes. that he's... He gets little he's... snippets of... Yeah, he can yeah. Get, get through the veil of, of whatever type of therapy that they were giving or, or whatever. Was the it an injection? It was an eject injection of It something. had to be a yeah. combo package of an injection yes. and there's that there's yes. that drill thing and the headpiece. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> the combo. Would you like the combo package? I'll it's take the combo. Yeah. Let's start with our, our synopsis. Poetry. Our poetry Let's synopsis. Do. Yeah, we've we digress because we're so excited about this episode, I guess. Yes. Um, all right, here we go. My haiku for workforce part Thank one. You. Memories suppressed. F.O. Neelix Kim. Okay. <laughs> Doc likes to wear red. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You covered a lot of Thank detail. You. Thank you. There. All right, let's okay. hear this limerick. Here's the limerick for workforce part one. Hmm. Alien mind control allows Janeway to relax and unwind. Even here, Tom and Balana's hearts are intertwined. Tuvok's memory returns. Janeway and Jaffin's love burns. Chakotay and Neelix must work to break the spellbind. Oh, very nice. Let me ask you a question. Can you can you substitute for, instead of intertwined and entwined with that? You of could. Yeah, you could. Yes. Does it flow easier if you said are entwined? Are entwined. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Poetry is, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder, really. It really is. It is. Okay. It's, you hear you hear what you want, and yeah. the rhythms and the poetry just yeah. speaks to you in your own personal way. Yeah. Um I try to have a little economy of syllables, so that's why I went from inter intertwine to entwine. Just one off. Even to here, out. Tom and Bolana's hearts are entwined. Yeah, that would yeah, work. Yeah, see? It's nice. Okay. It's I'm nice. just I just want to help out for our official poetry and hi our haiku and limerick book that we have at the end that we publish. Yes. I just wanted I this to be as tight for... as possible. Did you know I love poetry? I'm a well, big poetry we both, fan. We both like poetry. Yes. Yeah. We should send text to each other in haiku at we, we should only communicate. That. We should do a whole podcast we where we just speak in haiku. haiku. That's it. All right. So, hey, we were both right on writer. You had guessed Biller, and I had guessed Brian Fuller. And it said Biller and Fuller on the credits, I, so we got that I, right. That I can't believe a, Brandon Braga is not – I could have sworn he was you, in this. Yeah. He was, Didn't you say Biller at the end, though? You did when, in your I, guessing. I said I think it was – I thought it was going to be no, a Braga Biller, and Biller. Braga. Yes. And I said, Ombo. no, I'm going to go with, you know, Fuller. Fuller, then, yeah. yeah. So that was right. It was Fuller yeah. and Fuller Biller. Biller Fuller. That yeah. see that works out. Their names could be a haiku. And then the director, you were correct. It was 
I was pretty confident yes, on that yes, one. Yes, Mr. Croker. My memory Creaker. sometimes does not fail me. You yeah. know what I didn't remember until I started watching it, and then I vividly remembered was uh, you said something about, we were talking about my short film that got shot on the back lot. And you said, I think some of this was on the back lot. Yeah. I didn't remember any of that. Was I right? Before, but yes. Am I right? I am right. So oh. much of that was shot on the back lot. Thank you. Okay. And I, I remember some specific setups and the way they used the part of the back lot that is not intended for filming. They used oh, the Oh, that's back. awesome. They, they use the staircases they, and the backs of the facades. Uh, yeah. Right. And also of they use the parts of uh whatever you know, whatever for the the the, the AC units and the you know what I'm saying? Sort exactly. Of the, yes. So that you're the nuts exactly and right. Bolts and the a, pipes and everything of there's a, a facility that does all the heating and air conditioning yes. units. Yes. And they're behind the the tank where we yeah. used to park. There's right. a tank that they would fill with water yep. and a giant uh sky blue giant it's the right. biggest tank in hollywood but it was multi-leveled though in the back yes. of, that, of that blue tank with the stairs back. and everything that's what they yeah. used that was yes right. oh my gosh they have stairs that you would mm -hmm. go up the back side of that sky yes. facade yes and the stairs they could drop lights or different things that's why it was all metallic and it was yeah. made for the weather and wind and all that so it was very solid well, here, if you're looking on video, there is a blue tank. Yes, the blue. And you can and see the, the lines sky, for the parking. Yep. That's where we parked. Right. You and I both parked in the blue tank. That's right. Unless there was a film going on. Then yep. they would fill that with water. Right. It looks and, like a drive-in movie theater screen is yeah. what it is. That massive screen there. And they would use that as the backdrop. You would film. Yes, they put sky on the on that little um, oh. um, wall. And it's the back of that wall is the facility of the... And yeah. look, see, there's some stairs. Yeah, you stairs. can see some stairs right there. Yes, see, yes. That's good, good where call. they filmed. Good call. Wow. Man. Yeah. Good call. Okay. Let's go through some guest stars right now. So yes. we have uh, James Reed, who yes. played Jaffin. AKA, AKA, yes, a.k.a. Janeway's dude in this episode. Mm -hmm. His very, very first, very first credit is yes. a 1982 episode of the popular sitcom Cheers. Oh, wow. Which was one of my very first, because I did three days of... 82? 82. So this Cheers is, start. Oh, yeah, Cheers did start around 82. I think that was the first year. That's what I'm thinking. I did extra work on Cheers. In order to get your SAG card at the time, you had to do three days of union extra work. My friend's uncle was in oh, charge yeah. of, of Cenex and Central Casting. So I was able to get three days of union extra work. One was on Cheers. So this yeah. is 1994, 93 that I did this. Cheers. Uh, Sequest DSV and a Michael Jackson music video. So uh, yeah, so Cheers is I think one of the very first thing sets that I had worked on. And Jaffin, uh, the actor James Reed who played Jaffin, also worked on Cheers for his first. Career. I have another. I have another connection to Cheers, nineteen eighty two. I had just moved to New York, nineteen eighty two. Okay, and I got my equity, my actor's equity card, yes. stage union, stage union, yeah, as a understudy in an off Broadway musical called Preppies. And the reason that show got produced in New York was because the composers had written this song. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. That's the Cheers theme song. Oh, they wrote that. I got my uh, my professional, my first professional union card 
as an understudy in Preppies, the off-Broadway musical that was Wait written by them. Wow. So these composers also wrote Preppies the musical. Yes. Is that their only musical or they wrote multiple musicals? Boy, I don't know. But okay. everybody, because they had won like Grammys and Emmys yes. for the theme song. It was a bit very popular. It was on the radio, that theme song for oh Cheers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that was, so everyone knew that song. Everyone. Everybody, yeah. Everybody yeah. knows your name. Everyone knew that song is pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Mm, that's great. Cool. Cheers. Okay, okay. Cheers. Who's next? Cheers. Uh, Don Most, aka, well, when he was younger, he was known as Donnie Most. But then yes. as he became an adult, he cut off the NY and just went with Don Most. We all know him from Happy Days as Ralph mm. Mouth. And yes, he played Caden. Yes, I remember meeting him in the trailer. I didn't know. Oh, really? Him, okay. But I remember meeting him and talking about Happy Days yeah. in the makeup trailer. Oh, right. It was yeah. Over by uh, Tina, my makeup artist's table. And I come in right. for a scene and he was uh, getting ready to go shoot and I was getting ready to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> and he was in there. And I was nice. Like, With Don Most, I talked about um, Anson Williams directing. We yeah. talked about that and their friendship. Yeah. It was fun having him on there. Yeah. He was a nice guy. His very first credit, 1973 episode of the television show Emergency. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. 1973. And at that time, he was credited as Donnie Most, not Don Most. Yep. Next up, we have John Aniston, the father of, you know who, Jennifer Aniston. John Aniston is Jennifer Aniston's father, who played the Quarren ambassador. He's the one that's on the view screen, sort of telling Janeway that, yes, I've talked to your supposed crew members, but they don't even know who you are, right? 1962, an episode of a TV series called 87th Precinct, where he played Officer Number One. That was his very, very first wow. credit. And I find it interesting as we have a similar, I mean, not similar, but my very first credit was All-American Girl, where I played Handsome Korean Man, number three. <laughs> not number See, one, but I'm number three. That's funny. I'm just saying, I, most I actors have a number something in their early Do you early remember years. John Aniston being on set? Because I remember yes, I him. I remember him uh, when he filmed and I remember saying something about his daughter because Friends was huge. It was it's on massive. the air at the same yeah. time. And I said, oh, your daughter's on Friends. She's awesome. I said, I had done a movie with Courtney Cox. And so we had one brief conversation. He was a very nice guy. All right. We also have some co-stars. We have Iona Morris, who is, guess what? Bill Morris's sister. So yes, playing the uh, yes. the owner of the bar that well, I Molly, at. who you yeah, your boss yeah. and uh, Iona Morris, of course, um, Greg Morris's daughter from Mission Impossible. Phil Morris's sister. Iona Morris's very first credit is the 1966 episode of the original series Star Trek. Oh, that's right. Yes, where her brother was in it too. It was the episode with all the kids, and we have Tom Virtue as the supervisor. He's the one that we see in the very early scenes of this episode with he's Jane done Wayne. a million yeah. shows he's done, uh, yeah he's done a gabillion shows his very first credit is a 1982 episode of king's crossing i don't know if you remember that show king's crossing was it a mini series or what was I it i don't know it just looks like a tv series okay from the 80s but we also know him from our show he played lieutenant baxter in That's right. season one, Eye of the Needle episode, and season two episode, Twisted. So he's been in two prior episodes as a human Starfleet officer. Here, he's an alien with not much prosthetic, so you can yeah. still tell it's him. Yeah. Um, but still, um, Tom Virtue is uh, the supervisor. We have he's great. Mm -hmm, 
I could not find any credit or any listing for Michael Barron's though, the coyote. <laughs> so I couldn't find that. Same thing with Matt Williamson, security officer number two. Akimi Royer did show up, MedTech. That's the one sort of saying um, to Tuvok in the beginning, hey, it's okay. These inoculations right. are meant for you. Right, 19, right. Uh, 1997 film, Hang Your Dog in the Wind is Akimi Royer's first credit. Hmm. Uh, we also have Robert Mamana. Security officer number one. He's the uh -huh. one that walks up and says, hey, hey it's curfew. Yeah. It's about over. Get, watch right. out, that guy. 1989 episode of Hey Dude, TV show called Hey Dude. <laughs> Have you heard of a TV show called Hey Dude? No, but okay. I would watch it. I <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there we go. That's all our players. Yeah. A lot, big cast, big, big, cast, big show. Let's, big let's dive in. Go. Let's dive in. Okay, go. so the first thing we see is this wide planet shot of this industrial kind of you know planet surface very cool cgi you opening like it? shot you like yes it? okay beautiful we pan across a train is coming by and we see people walking downstairs and we cut in we see it's janeway coming yes. down the stairs with a bunch of workers yes um all different races or species of yes. aliens. We do see a bunch of our regular background in coming down the stairs. We do. So at, at first I'm like, oh, we've made friends with these people because yes. a bunch of our crew is there with Janeway. Mm. And by the way, coming yeah. down the stairs, by the way, is the back of the, the tank. It's the it's those stairs. <laughs> I immediately was like, steps. oh, yes. I love it. Uh, just to go back a little bit on that establishing shot showing the city, I love the waterways. It looked like a modern day Venice, sort of, with all mm -hmm. the water, that big sort of river in the middle. So yeah. Um, yeah. that was cool. Very right. cool. Janeway goes down these stairs. She goes off camera. And yeah. we find her getting on this this like elevator. So cool. We just goes shot. Now, I got to say, that How shot they... yes. is very hard to do because yeah. probably most likely I would put a lot of money on it, I would mm. bet. They had a very small set. They probably had a platform that represented the elevator floor. And then they had us probably uh, some kind of gangway that they stepped off of onto this thing. It never moved in real life. Okay. They had to shoot overhead and the camera was kind of moving what you would call parallaxing. So the, mm -hmm. the backgrounds are shifting as the camera moved over. Very complicated, especially for that time. Biz effect shot to have all of these shifting angles as the elevator goes down and then yeah. they got off, which became digital people at that point right. because you see them walking. Well, very, actually, very expensive, very expensive. Okay, shot. so they it goes from real to digital person at the bottom of the lift when they're then? when they're tiny, yeah, when they're teensy. When, okay. when you see Janeway disappear at the bottom, yeah, she probably was on one set that never moved. They just moved the camera overhead. Right, and then they shrunk it down digitally, yeah. and then when she, when she stepped off, they converted her, her body into, <laughs> into a, digital a digital person, person. because it, she kept okay. walking. It was very. That was probably. I would love to hear a VizFX person describe how, what they shot because I bet it was very little. Yeah, all of that was created virtually. So it still it, looked great though. It was looked super amazing. Cool. Mm -hmm. Looked very cool. We go inside the plant. We see Janeway close. We kind of linger on her now. I made a, a note here that her hair is fluffier than I've ever seen it. He just went to the salon. Oh my gosh. Clearly. Yes. You like that uh, wardrobe? Very smart looking. That sort of blue 
Yeah, little, yeah, it looked great. V-neck thing. It was she very was flattering on her. The color, the cut yeah. of it, it was great. Yeah, but she's working. She's looking for the supervisor, and a worker points her over to a supervisor. Um, and she goes in, and she says she's reporting. And the supervisor looks at her uh, her authorization and license, and sees that she's got a level six thermodynamic. Uh, authorization. He's very impressed. She should have said, for some reason, I want to call you Baxter. I don't know why, yeah, exactly. but I just have that feeling. Okay, exactly. You know, he's very excited to have a new worker and she apologizes for being late. And And I love the energy that Kate had in this scene. It was almost mm. like like young girl. You like, know what? It was like look. Well, it was almost like a load was taken off her back. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. It's like the weight of the world was gone. She was yeah. so effervescent and sort of just happy-go-lucky and just smiling all the smiling time. And just, and yes, it was, uh, it was very to work, very yes. lighthearted, and, and yes, uh, I I loved it. It was fun, yeah. to see that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, anyway, he sets her up, and she's ready to start working. She takes a look around, and I think we go to credits at this point. She's very smiley, mm-hmm. and when we come back, um, she's working away. The place is is uh popping here and yeah there's this great steady cam shot of her bouncing from one console to mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. i do have to say these consoles they had those you know those classic like almost from the 20s or 30s static circles with the static electricity going out from the center it yes. looked like it looked very old school. Um, I, yes, like, you you would buy that from a place called Spencer's in the Spencer's mall. Basically, Gifts, yes. it's it's like a round yes disc, and it has a little thing that comes out. Static, yes. it's just static. static. You know, low low static electricity yeah. going yeah. out in a circle, and they had a ton of those on all of these consoles, which. Well, the Borg uh, regeneration unit has one of those, yes, except yes. in green. We've yes. seen those a million a million times. times. You got they could have found something other than that for sure, yeah. right? Yes. She's got her specification. She's, she looks at a pad, but it doesn't look like our pad. It looks like Mm -hmm. some kind of, uh, yeah. Alien pad. Alien pad, different shapes. Yes. Mm. Almost in like hexagonal shapes or something. Mm -hmm. And then she starts working and an alarm goes off and suddenly a stranger, mysterious stranger appears. That's after she tries to turn it off and she can't. She's actually talking. She's talking to the console. She's like, please. Oh, which I love. Please don't do this to me. (laughs) I love that they wrote in. It was the first thing because I noticed it. She's talking to it like she's on the ship. Yeah. You know, because we talk to the computer all the time. Right. But on this planet, people don't talk to computers. You got to hit buttons. She starts talking and he sort of makes a a, a joke about it. Yeah. Well, and... you see finger first because he he stops. He pushes the right button. Right. That's yes. how you that's the reveal. It's, it's the reveal of his finger first. Then he makes a joke about it. Yeah. Yeah. You, about talking to the computer, which that mm-hmm. was my first instinct of like. She's got a little Janeway in her because she's doing this instinctually, even though it's not going to yep. work. Yeah. Which I love in this whole episode, even though, yes, we've lost our memories. There's a piece of us that's the real Janeway, the real Paris, the mm-hmm. real Balana, the mm-hmm. real Tuvok. Yeah. I loved it. it was I mean, she's only been there for what, five minutes? And she's already got some guy banging on her door right there, trying to yep. trying to be the suitor, Mr. Yep. Jaffin. And then suddenly Seven appears. And... <laughs> Seven shows up. And speaking of, she's got bangs. She does. Seven has bangs. Bad look. 
bad look. I, I give thought, it a thumb, I, I, thumbs oh, down. Really? I thought I give it, it a was thumbs a, down. I thought it was all right. I didn't. It didn't bother me that much. You you was, really you're poo pooing it. You really hate the bangs on seven. I felt right. like it was just because uh, they should have let her hair go all the way down or something very different. It was like basically but then that like would have been like Kate and, though. That would have been Janeway with the hair all the way down. They maybe. have to separate the two. And I guess know? she's a really uptight. She is. She's like the. Uh, the supervisor or something here. So that's and that was more uptight supervisor hair, correct? I guess so, but the bangs didn't work for me. She's obviously the supervisor yeah. and she's uh saying no basically says no fraternizing, no flirting. Yeah. You don't need two people with this console. This is a one person console. And it's funny because even her true nature is coming out in this other reality, right? Well, she's she, very because Jaffin asks her, you know, what's your name? And yeah. she says Annika Hansen. She yeah. uses her real name, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. She doesn't use seven of nine, her real name. No. Uh, she is the efficiency monitor, we learn. Jaffin and Janeway sort of try to wrap up their flirting. And uh, one thing occurred to me at this moment, I was like, I look, I paused it. I looked on their costumes. There's no Starfleet palm, palm badges. Badge. Yes. And I thought, wait, how are they speaking to all these aliens? They don't have a universal translate. Hmm. Well, uh, then, okay, hold on. Let me see if I can debunk this. Um, well, from what I can understand, I think you can, if you have some type of broadband, <laughs> some type of broadband, a universal translator. I have two, I have two debunks. I have two okay. ways to what debunk you, it. Either this alien species has a universal translator because they've got so many foreign workers here they've got yeah. to have their own version so yeah. maybe they've got one somehow that's, that's wireless and you don't have to have wireless device, you don't see yeah. it. Mm -hmm. either that or when they're brainwashed they're somehow implanted with an understanding of their universal language that they all use there interesting I, but then yeah i don't know but a I, bit I, of a hole in the script a bit of a hole in the script well it's sure. just a it's a star trek conceit this universal translator conceit that is can be problematic sometimes and i'm sure there's been other times where it could have been a question but for some reason this scene i suddenly went wait these are all people from all over the place and we don't have our com badges to be able to understand them mm -hmm. we're not on our ship we're not right you know yeah good call though but, yeah. yeah anyway i like that we're at the bar I think. Yes, yes, we are. We ah, are. now we see Tom Paris. Tom Paris, who's been well, fired from his prior job, is looking for another job. Uh, yeah, and I vaguely, as I watched this, vaguely remembered any of this story. Really? I, I do remember, you know, filming uh, with the actress. What's her name again? Iona. Um, Iona Morris. Did you talk to her? You must have talked yes, to her. Yes, I remember. I yeah. do. I did. All of a sudden, I was like, I don't remember much of this, but I remember having some conversations with her about her brother. Yes. And, uh, you know, other stuff, just like actors do. Like, what else have you been on? And you know, Right, talking, right. Talking, her, sh talking shop. Right. And the alien race that she's a part of, mm -hmm. doesn't it remind you of the aliens from Ex Post Facto? Oh, that yeah. Early the episode. Bird, the, the bird, bird people. Yeah, because she had feathers up in her hair, too. It was the same yeah. type of hairstyle. So Maybe I thought, it was oh, those same aliens. These are those aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I didn't the, think the about thought, that. The memory uh, murder thing that Paris had to go through. Remember? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so you did. Once you saw her, you realized, oh, my gosh, I was a waiter. And oh, my gosh, I did talk to Ayanna Morris. Did, yes, yeah. I did slowly remember some of this. 
And mm-hmm. I do remember doing this story that back then I thought, oh, this is ironic because I was a cocktail waiter in New York City. <laughs> I was, uh, I worked at a restaurant called Ernie's on the yeah. Upper West Side, which was one of the hottest restaurants in New York back in the 80s. And I was- so You served drinks only or you served food? I was, I, I did serve food some, but I was much right. better at the bar. Cocktail, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I worked a bar in the cocktail lounge because people, yeah. there were, you know, people waiting for tables, you know, 50, 100 people always. So always? Oh always. It was a, it was like Studio 54 back in the 80s, Ernie's restaurant. Oh my goodness. Yeah. A yeah. lot of show busy people came out of that crew because it was a big staff there. But. So the minute you saw this scene, it made you think of Ernie's? I remember it made me think that when we were shooting this, I remember carrying around the cocktail tray and everything. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm back to this. I remember <laughs> doing this. I had such, yeah. In fact, there's a shot in one of these scenes where I'm, where I'm coming through the bar with a with a cocktail tray. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, that looks good. I, I got good you did technique. A good, yeah, no, man. It, you did not look awkward at all. So No. Uh, I spent many days and weeks and months with one of those. I wish there was a time machine. If there was, I would go back to Ernie's and I'd walk up to you. I'm like, hello, Robert Duncan McNeil. You're like, how do you know me? You don't know me, but I'm from the future. This job right here will prepare you. For the mm-hmm. time that you will actually play a waiter on a sci- on a sci-fi show in 1995 yeah. that you will book. And well, then you, I'll know walk away. you know what's funny? That Ernie's my job as a waiter. Uh, just in the year or so, right around the same time that I got my job there. Yeah. Uh, so the whole crew at Ernie's used to go after we after the restaurant shut down around two in the morning. We'd go to a bar around the corner called Cafe Central and drink because that was open till four right. so after your shift you'd kind of wind down you'd go have yeah. a drink and a drink. lot of and the bartender there was named bruce willis no yes <laughs> and while just as i got the job back in 82 or so 82 83 that guy that bartender had gotten a job called moonlighting sister, called moonlighting oh, and everybody boy. was like Bruce, the bartender, got a TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, anyway, I digress into... Bruce, uh, the bartender, booked... I love... Don't Bruce even... The don't bartender. apologize for digressing. I think this is absolutely informative and, and entertaining to know but about this. That's, I, I didn't know. That's why this whole story yeah. was so comfortable for me, because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I've been in I restaurants and bars. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, Paris comes in. He's kind of... A little like old Paris, his attitude. And at first when I saw it, I was, I was like, oh no, he's gonna oh. they're gonna take him back and write him like that. But <laughs> clearly they didn't. It's it's no. a little bit of the old Paris, but I I uh I think he's you can see that he's changed and grown yeah. and yeah, and I, I love that outfit. I remember being very comfortable in that outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so comfortable. It looked comfy. But he needs a job. Uh Umali, you know, sort of reluctantly gives him a job he talks his I, way into it i do like the dialogue here though just jumping back and forth you know you're like because you're, you're trying to play coy you're like it's a long story and she's like i like a long story it just goes back and forth and yeah. i just think and, and oh, the whole thing is where you say look you won't regret this and she's like oh i'm certain i will <laughs> so yeah. i thought it was really good writing so i i'm gonna say that this was uh this was brian fuller right here yeah, yeah, it's very well done. We go from him begging for a job to uh, in the same spot later that evening. The place mm-hmm. is 
filled with workers. Jaffin's there talking about some joke that he's making. Isn't that what this happens, right? Yes, he's talking about Jaffin's talking. And Tuvok yeah. over at the bar, Tuvok sitting at the bar. Oh my God. Starts laughing awkwardly, like I, so hysterically. So awkward that I thought that this is sort of the behavior that someone who is unhinged and about to murder yeah, somebody like he's gonna he's gonna kill you after he or shiv you or something you know it's like what's he was happening? a little manic and the it's smiling so much explaining yes. humor yes. and why humor is so funny yeah uh that you know irony is the source of all humor or something yeah like that. oh my god uh, and Javin is like, when you explain it, it's not funny. It's not funny any longer. Yeah. yeah. Because his Vulcan ways are coming into play here. And it's, it is yeah. it is it is a funny scene to see him smiling that much. It's so it's so disconcerting because you're you're so used to Tuvok not having any type of emotion or any smile on his face. And here he is beaming. This is hilarious. The awkward yeah. Vulcan very awkward with feelings was yeah. Smiling yeah. was hilarious. They refer back it, to this scene later too, you know, because Jaffin talks about, oh, oh yeah, that Tuvok, horrible joke teller, you know, is yeah. what he said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really good. Um, Janeway shows up. She says, well, um, Jaffin thinks that he's come to hang out with him maybe, but she goes, no, I've got to study these manuals. And she's there to get something to eat. That's it. Not yeah. to hang out with Jaffin. So they have a, a another uh, moment, but she's a little... She's a little um, standoffish with him. And yeah. uh, and then Paris gives away some drinks to a couple of people. Oh, my God. Compliments of the proprietress. And Amali comes over and like, hey, we don't yeah. give away drinks here. Yeah. So you yeah. can see that Tom is he's not, you know, he's he's friendly. He's he's, yeah. he's trying to do nice things. He so is. he's not the old guy, which I again. Yeah. No, Love. but you did get scolded by the proprietress. It did yes, happen. I did. I did. Uh, but at this point, we do have a pregnant Balana that walks in, looks around, and walks out. What was that moment? What was she looking at that made her say, was it just because it was too busy? And she was like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm out of well, here. Well, I think it's a little bit of, of she's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to you know why she's feeling alone and isolated later in the story. But in that moment, it's a... It's it's a little bit of uh, Bolana's old. I don't fit in with anybody. Box. Uh, so that's, that's what yeah. I loved about this whole premise is it, it yeah. allowed all these characters to kind of, you know, retain mm -hmm. their fundamental, you know, nature and mm -hmm. yet play it in a different way in a, okay. in a much looser way. I think. Okay. We're back. I think after after Bolana takes a sad moment, looks around and leaves. We're back on. Uh, I think the stairway here. Yeah, this Jane. is a sort of a walk and talk outside with Janeway and Jaffin. And they're yeah. walking all, you know, they're walking out of the facility and then they're now in an alleyway. And this is when they come, the two officers come up and say, hey, it's almost curfew. Um, so this yes. was that scene. Basically. And we learned that we learned that they live in the same building, the same building. Yeah. Yes. The same worker housing building, which looked like a one. It looked like it was one single narrow building that with you know using cgi they just sort of duplicated it and pu pulled it further out i don't know yeah it had all these multiple segments to it which i thought was maybe that already exists as it but is. it was but nice this alley set and i remember um craker and uh roxanne talking about this yeah that they had to shoot this entire giant planet on the back lot in a tiny little behind the facade <laughs> like mm -hmm. they didn't have much set there no and they oh. were having to be very creative about how the different angles and where Most. people came from. And 
Most I thought definitely. they did a great job. It felt it felt huge to me. And I yeah. know it wasn't. It was not that big. Yeah. So that's nighttime, right? Uh, when they have this walk and talk. And then uh, basically they say goodnight. Janeway is like, look, I'm, I'm busy. She kind of turns down his offer. He wants to hang out with her longer, right? So they go to bed. There's an exterior shot, not together, but separately. There is an exterior shot of the factory. Did you like mm -hmm. that CGI? Did you like that yeah. shot of that factory? Yeah. I thought that looked good. Yeah. Great. Yeah, um, we then cut to where inside the factory. She's back at work. She's back at work again. Next day, it's same thing, nine to five. Alarm goes off again, but this time it's inoculation time. It's not a bad thing, but it's not. Well, I love, by the way, when the alarm goes off, she pops up, her head pops up from behind the console. Yeah. Just like, yeah, it's it's just a, adorable. I it found is. her performance really adorable. In this yeah, scene. very I charming. agree. Uh, a few moments later, they're still in that warehouse, but they're lined up to get their shots. Yeah. And I love terrified Tuvok. It's so funny. He's afraid <laughs> of needles. This this Vulcan who never shows emotion. And, and at this like point, him. I thought, oh, it's just a funny you know, angle on Tuvok being yeah. afraid of something in a, in an unusual way. Right. But we start to realize that there's something more here. Mm -hmm. There's a little more as he, mm -hmm. he tries to get out of getting the shot. He, they start to give him an injection and he has a flashback where we see he's in a Starfleet uniform. He's being restrained and he's got blisters or wounds or something on his face. Right. And then he comes out of the flashback and they say, you're good. We're done. All good. Go back to work. <laughs> and he runs away to a console. And that's the end of that. But that's the end of that. Interesting. The flashback tells us we're going to learn how they got here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it that's was the not foreshadowing. And that's not a good story. Not a good story. Uh, we have an exterior space shot. We have the Delta Flyer flying through space. And we have the yes. first officer's log. We have Chakotay talking about what is going on. And evidently, it was. See, Chakotay, Kim, and Neelix, they are returning to Voyager after five days of trading with the Nar Shadan. I don't know who the Nar Shadan no are. Idea. No idea. Never mentioned them before, but that's fine. Nar Shadan. Kim is not in good shape. Yeah, we, <laughs> right. cut, to, we cut inside the flyer to the back, and Harry's lying on the bed. Yeah, he's and lying I laughed on the bed. immediately. Did you? I thought this whole scene was very funny. Yeah. You're. <laughs> having drank something that gave you an upset stomach. Right. And then the more you learn, the sicker you feel. You, you learn well, that it, that yeah, it was... It, well, Neelix says you shouldn't have drank the fala nectar. And when you hear the term nectar, you usually think it's made of... It's a you fruit. Know, yeah, tangerine, orange, whatever. Yeah. It's a fruit nectar. But later we learn in the scene, it's a meat nectar. It was basically pureed meat bribe. And it's not just meat, it's meat byproduct. So that means yes. all the, the, you know... The, the undesirable pieces of whatever the animal came from, that is the byproduct. Yeah. It sounds disgusting. And by the way, Neelix says something in the scene. He says, uh, Commander Chakotay is a vegetarian. He couldn't drink it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, record scratch. Wait a minute. Chakotay is yeah. a vegetarian? They've mentioned that before. Uh, didn't he have roast in Janeway's quarters? Oh! <gasps> uh, I don't think we've always played him vegetarian. I okay maybe he she changed. burned the roast they were gonna have roast for yeah him. i mean right unless it was a plant-based roast it's possible nah, i i feel like that's a detail that <laughs> we have played fast and loose well with. But anyway okay. well, there's another fast and loose moment in here basically neil comes over and says hey take a sip of this it's leola bark tea 
And Harry takes a whiff of that. And he's like, no, I can't take this. So what's missing here is I think Kim has actually said in the past that he likes Leola Root. Like he likes Leola Root still. Yes. So I feel like this was inconsistent. I thought, okay, so now I Harry's feel like, like- they make They make food jokes in this show a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's no consistency. To no. Like, At one sometimes point, Neelix yeah. is a great cook. Sometimes yeah. he's a horrible cook. Right. Sometimes, you know, Janeway's a great cook. Sometimes she's a horrible cook. Chakotay calls Harry and Neelix. I, I need you up here mm. on our way. And we go up front and Chakotay says, uh, we're at the rendezvous coordinates, but yeah, no Voyager. I'm scanning. Can't find the ship. Yeah. And Harry finishes uh, that scene with, uh, oh, well, so much for my bed. My, my own bed. bed. Yeah. He wanted to sleep in his own bed. Very funny. I thought you did a great job of Thank playing you. The, Thank- the poor tummy sick guy. You made, me laugh. <laughs> made me laugh. We go to a space shot and yeah. there's Voyager floating in some kind of nebula or gas or something. Yes. It was very cool. Yeah. That was a cool shot. It was. Then we go to engineering and the place looks destroyed. We see the doctor uh, crawling underneath things and he's got on a command uniform. He's got command, which is a little, huh? Okay. Very strange. Very much so. I love when engineering gets this way with all the smoke and the flashing stuff. It just, Mm -hmm. our set looks great when it's being destroyed. Yes. Yeah. The doctor's trying to reestablish the, uh, subspace transponder just all the systems he's trying to everything's broken yeah everything's broken and uh suddenly the computer says intruder alert mm-hmm. Doc says where uh on the bridge two humanoids and the computer's not fixed enough to know who it is mm-hmm. sensor resolution is below 20 percent. so yeah. yeah the doctor's gonna have to go to the bridge and see what's up i love him sneaking on the bridge <laughs> very funny yeah and then he's got a sims beacon on his on his wrist which is named after alan sims our right. prop master yeah he turns that flashlight uh off to a corner and there is harry and chakotay in the full space suit do you remember shooting yeah. this? you do yeah no shooting that scene no no be that's rare you, that we're on the full space suit on the bridge that's yeah. very rare right yeah you don't I, remember sh- getting in that suit I don't remember getting in the suit. I don't. Oh I, I remember I remember how snarky Kim and the doctor get towards each other <laughs> in this episode. Yes. I remember that. But yes. the actual suit on the bridge part? No, I don't recall that. Wow. Well, you're on the spacesuits. They I wore I the am. same thing in uh is it Gravity? The episode with uh, Tom yeah and yeah and we've already talked about how uncomfortable those oh, suits are so i think it's it's a memory that i suppressed on purpose because it was so horrible i just we we I were got very claustrophobic in that same suit and we should have got, got a space fan yeah do you remember i don't know yeah, if you remember the, the, this yes, but it's yes. got a fan so you can't hear you're hearing this like buzzing no. sound you can't hear anybody yeah. no nope. they and were then yeah. you start talking your lines and you start screaming them which really shouldn't be that high so yeah it's 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 awkward and it's uncomfortable that's the basic uh yeah but it looks cool message it looks great (laughs) that's that's all they care about does it look good are the actors suffering Mm -hmm. so so be it yeah they ask what's up the doctor begins to explain that after they left on their mission things started to go wrong Mm. well they hit a mine isn't that what they said they hit a mine yeah yeah and then all this radiation started to you know 
permeate the ship. They couldn't vent it. People were getting sick. Janeway says that they had to uh, uh, basically jump into escape pods and get to a habitable planet that doesn't have radiation. The captain activates the emergency command hologram. Okay, let's just stop right here. I thought that was from the episode where the doctor has all these crazy delusions of grandeur, Tinker, Tenor, Dr. Spy, or yes. one of those things where he yes. made up, he made up a he did, DCH but thing. He, he did, but it's still right. in to the, fool the computer aliens. memory. Right. Yes. But, but, but my he, point being, like, that was not for him to actually be the command, like, in command of the ship. I mean, it was to, to fool the aliens, you know? I, yes. And yes, then Janeway, right. And then Janeway says something to the effect of like, what does she say? She says, Oh, um, you wanted this chance for a long time. Now you've got it. So it's like the doctor has she's been wanting to, try... to, to be the captain for a long time. Well, I, think I mean, he's I, I wanted to be like in the action. That's why he created that program. Right. So I guess, I guess she's in this situation kind of going, all right, we're screwed somebody's got to take care of the ship use mm. your program you created and okay all right well then i'll buy that i'll buy that i just but thought it's not an official they... it's not an official starfleet emergency command hologram is not a thing right it was well it's only a thing because he created because it. because he created it but it was yeah. created under the behest of the captain for a prior episode in order to fool the aliens remember yeah. that like that we were dealing with i think at the um yeah Oh, it was the big the, the big overseer guys that were watching us. Remember that? That mm -hmm, you like those mm -hmm. aliens? So yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's why I was confused. I was like, wait a minute, did they not recall that this was a made up no, thing I think and they not did. a real thing? I think they did, but she's like, What am I gonna do? I got I, somebody's gotta watch the ship yeah. while we're gone. So I, it's just the way she delivered the lines, it was so official, like this was the deal, like this was his right. sub program from the beginning, but this is not. No. This was written no. in. Yeah. No, okay. it's experimental. Yes. We cut out to space and I love these the escape pod shot. All those very, oh, I life <laughs> life ships no. coming off. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. Still in a flashback, but we're on the bridge again. He's trying to assess the damage when suddenly another vessel shows up, locks on a tractor beam. And I gotta say, he basically tries to negotiate and then he starts firing at the ship. He's a one-man crew. I wrote, yeah. he does it all. Well, He's a one-man crew. He evades this ship with a tractor beam. Yeah. He takes out their but, engines. You know, the logic is the alien says, well, no, the you're just a you're a hologram. Well, the humans, the the live the live beings have left, they've abandoned the ship. So clearly they don't want this ship anymore. It's mine. But what I found interesting is that when he starts firing on Coyote, he basically fires and this vessel has no shields no whatsoever no. do you remember that no. like he takes out the targeting thing he takes out their engine like there was boom, no boom, shields. Boom. boom boom either they're really bad or he he's really good one but or the I, other but but what I aliens are really bad yeah but what aliens are shieldless what aliens have we I wonder if that are they're shieldless? all part of the scam that will uh, lay these mines when they hit a mine they're going to have to abandon ship and then you right. can take you can salvage these things with nobody there. So, so he you're not going to need a shield. Okay. Yeah, he's, but, you're you're not going to expect any resistance. It was it was a little easy. I agree. Uh, the whole thing was a bit easy. Very easy. Very easy. Now we're back in uh, normal time where the doctor finishes his story. He talks mm. about evading two other ships, hiding inside that nebula that I thought was such a cool shot. Yeah. Well, Harry does ask about what about the rest of the crew? And doctor says not a word. 
no idea. And by the way, this scene at the end of his story is one shot. It is a oh. amazing Alan Craker one that goes on for probably a page or something, which nice. usually you'd have all kinds of shots in here, but he's got one shot that moves around with the blocking. If anybody ever wants to be a director, watch Alan Craker episodes. It is a masterclass in beautiful staging and shot design. He did a great job. So it was an Alan special. It was an Alan special. Okay. We have a flashback of when, basically when Janeway and company first arrive on the planet, the Quarren planet, basically. Mm -hmm. And they're being treated for their radiation poisoning. Janeway is just delirious. She's like, wait, who who are you? He's like, oh, my name is Dr. Caden. And this is, of course, Don, Don Most. Most. Good old yes. Don Most. Yeah. Janeway's concerned about her crew. And he's like, oh, everyone's being treated and everything's fine. Don't worry. Uh, Tuvok's in the background. He's like, wait, mm -hmm. what, what's that medication? And he's, he's concerned about Janeway's safety. Caden's playing it off. It's, oh, it's anti-radiation serum. That's what it is. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And Tuvok doesn't believe it. And uh, he basically starts yelling and screaming and he gets restrained. They have, they have yeah. to restrain him yeah. and they inject, and inject him, him as well. The same. So he's, he's remembering juju. this. We yeah. come back to real time and he's uh, on that balcony mm -hmm. looking down on Janeway, having had this memory. Yeah. Uh, he goes down to talk to her and she's working very hard on this static circle thing that you get at Spencer's gifts. Mm -hmm. And She's looking <laughs> at the static and punching buttons. And I'm like, what does she see in the static? Like, I, and I remember a lot of times we would, we would yeah. have these, you know, alien ships where literally they'd just be like shapes and symbols. And we would look at them like, oh yes, I'm picking up the information. It's nope. like, this is the worst though. You're looking at a right. static circle. But when you, nothing. when you talk in the static, it just reminds me of ancient shamans that would take chicken bones and they would yes. throw them down and read that. So maybe she was a new new age modern shaman reading the static from the Spencer's She, she was pretending like it meant circle. something. Yeah. And I just, it's a bunch <laughs> of static. It's a stretch for me. But anyway, yeah. Tuvok yeah. approaches and he says to Janeway, I think we might know each other. And uh, Janeway goes, oh, yeah, you, you're Tuvok. We met, you know, at the at the shift briefing. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, before. So he's trying to test and see if she remembers what he's remembering. Yeah. And he talks about the hospital. He's kind Just, of pushing her a bit. It's an awkward scene. Too, yeah. To Jaffin shows up. Yeah. Tuvok decides, ah, no, uh, not worth this. it. Yeah. So it's just a misunderstanding. Jaffin says, what, what was that all about? Janeway says, I'm not sure. Strange man. And Jaffin says, and a terrible joke teller. That's yes. where that's where the line is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jaffin basically says, are we going to have dinner again? Yeah. Her response is like, really? Again? Mm -hmm. He goes, you don't like my cooking? I love when she says, no, it was wonderful <laughs> a very funny scene she ultimately says let's have dinner but i get to cook yeah and i'm thinking she's a horrible cook yeah, exactly not the right call but they agreed to have dinner again and we cut back to the bar where paris mm -hmm. works now and yeah. there's alana sitting uh reading a pad this is the first herself. time he yeah this is the first time that paris notices balana yeah correct yeah yeah he immediately is captured by her beauty or drawn to her in some yes. way. So again, this is what I love about this premise is there's a piece of them that's true underneath. Yeah. 
And he says, you know, hey, I, have I know you've been in here before? And uh, mm-hmm. she goes, no, never been in here. And he goes, oh, I would have noticed if you had been in here. <laughs> um, and, kind of, uh, that's kind of an old Paris line. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. You know, Tom's really kind of pushing to, to flirt with her. Amali, his boss, comes out. I need you. He wants to uh, get to know Balana a little better. And uh, she's like, you know what? I just, I don't uh, want to take a walk with you. I'm not interested. And she stands up and he goes, oh, I get it now because she's pregnant. Balana says, well, you still want to get together now? And he goes, well, no, you're married. She goes, no, I'm not married. And he goes, oh, okay. And when she leaves, mm-hmm. I didn't understand my look because I turned in that close up and I'm looking off at her and. He's, I guess it's just a look that he's trying to piece all this together. He's Wait, trying to piece it together. Yeah. He's yeah. not sure. He's just trying to figure out what is her story. Yeah. That's it. We go to space. There's a flyby. Yay. The ship is working. Uh, <laughs> they've gotten primary systems. We have a Chicote log again. Primary mm-hmm. systems are back online. They're looking for the crew. They've left that nebula. Kim has been running continuous scans to try to find our people. No mm-hmm. sign of our people. At the end of this log, he says, with only four people on board, repairs are going slowly. Mm-hmm. And I went, wait, he called the doctor a person. He's considering the doctor a person, which is a kind of a big deal. Wait a minute. Who's there? Kim, Neelix, Neelix, Kim, Chakotay, and the doctor. doctor. Oh. With only four people on board. He didn't say three people. And and, a hologram. And a hologram. There you go. The doctor doesn't have to fight for his rights anymore. He's already, even Chakotay thinks of him as a person now. Yep. Uh, There's a montage of repairs. We see in engineering, the doctor has restored propulsion systems and then Kim, mm-hmm. yeah kim calls him to astrometrics harry and the doctor talk uh in there harry basically says i need you to help me with my stomach i'm still yeah, not with astrometrics sick. work the doctor thinks that yeah that harry's yeah. asking for help there and it's all about his sick tummy that's it <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and i love how kim is so snarky whatever you did hasn't worked maybe all those command subroutines are compromising your medical abilities and then of course the doctor fires right back maybe all that sarcasm is compromising your natural charm and so there's a lot of the snarky a, yeah those, those two are at each other my goodness they're like brothers they're like brothers yeah. right now we go to the bridge the doctor shows up on the bridge with chicote says uh he soothed Ensign Kim's upset tummy. <laughs> yeah. No, but then, then he lists that at the end. That was just funny. He's like, I've repaired the deuterium injectors, brought secondary propulsion back online, and soothed Ensign Kim's upset tummy. So he adds that as the third mm-hmm. item of, of his to-do list. Very funny. Yeah. And then Chakotay says, why don't you get uh, started on the ru- ruptured plasma conduits? And the, and the doctor says, wait, can't you take care of those? I was like, whoa, Whoa. he's going to get a little cocky here just because he's been called a person. Even Chicote says, I I beg beg your your pardon. pardon? Yeah. But the doctor says, well, I'm the emergency command hologram. Shouldn't I be uh, in the command center? Oh, God. And then uh, Chicote says, we've got to prioritize. I, you know, appreciate your enthusiasm, but we need to prioritize here. Can we just Harry. call him reality check Chicote? There you go. Yes. Carrie calls to say, I found the crew. They're on an M class planet. Yeah. Like it'd be there. On the crew. Days. Exactly. Yeah. We can be there. Yes. 
So Chakotay says, transfer the coordinates to the helm and I'll meet you in astrometrics. And then he says to the doctor, the command center is yours. And, and, <laughs> and the doctor sits and sort of enjoys his command position. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. little repair sequence. They found the crew. Feels like we're on on a journey to solve this. Yeah, good scenes. We like yeah, these scenes. Great scenes. Go to Jaffin's apartment. Very <sighs> funny when uh they try Janeway's cooking and great face acting when she's like, Your cooking console's a little temperamental. And <laughs> she says, Once you cut off the charred part, it'll be fine. And he tries a piece. He does say, did you try talking to it? Making fun of the whole oh, thing yeah. or talking That's to the right. console, right? Yes. But I loved when he took a bite. And his face acting without any line, asking, <laughs> you know, is it good? Is it, it's good? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Very funny. They decide to leave, but Jaffin stops her and says, no, let's not leave. We'll stay here. He and says, he's not really hungry. And he says, are you? And Janeway says, no. And then when he says, let's stay here. Okay. This kiss bothered me because they, it honestly, gave me the energy of two 13 year olds or two 14, like, like teenagers. Yeah. It was like, you guys are like, where is this like awkward, like fast kiss thing that they it did? It's just very, very aggressive, very and, aggressive. But you know I mean, what I'm saying? This is when you're 16. Yeah. This is when you're 15 or 16 years old. This is what happens. I know? feel like this was not just this episode kiss. This was Kate Mulgrew thinking Janeway has deserved a love story for seven years. And every love story has either been, cut off or you know she's distracted with her position or it's been a hologram or something okay so that this, would validate it then that aggressive kiss comes from the like, fact I've that been, subconsciously yes. she has been trying trying to hold it together to bring this crew home for seven no years time, for seven no time for herself and now she doesn't have all that pressure because okay, she, she doesn't know, know she it. has those pressures nope. yeah and but subconsciously she's so hungry for affection. She's so yeah. hungry for companionship, yeah. romantic companionship that this yeah. is immediately. Okay. Well, then all that, of that, that pent up me, energy yes. comes okay. out after seven years. All right. Well, then I'll it, buy was, that. it was a, it was like a theater kiss. It was, that uh, it big. really was. My was gosh. Yeah. <laughs> massive. Thank you for clearing that up for me. We go to space. We see Voyager entering kind of the orbit of this planet now. And there's all these satellite ships. Another first officer's log. Uh, we've, Trace the crew's life sign to this large city on a planet called Korra. Unfortunately, the local officials are not being very cooperative. And that's yes. when we see John Aniston pop on yes. screen, on the view screen. He basically says, we've talked to these people you say are your friends, but they don't know you and they've never heard of Voyager. So mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah. And Chakotay wants to talk to them and he says, nope, you yeah. cannot. We They're protected by our laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that funny? Their law is to protect against other people trying to poach workers from them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But they they basically run out of luck. The ambassador says, well, you should look somewhere else to increase your labor supply, if that's what you want. Leave yeah. our citizens alone. Kim does report there's no way to beam them through this shield grid that is interfering with our transporters, which would be an easy out of this episode if we just transport everyone back on the ship. But no, mm -hmm. no way. So Chakotay does make the order, let's get out of orbit. The doctor complains, saying, wait, we're going to leave them behind. But no, this is what we have to show yes. to these we, quarantine ambassadors. He wants ambassadors. them yeah. to think that we're yeah. leaving, but he's Gen got another plan. 
yeah the cold thing is we have to fool jennifer aniston's father basically yes. that yes. is the goal okay but i believed in chakotay at this point i'm like he's got this he, yeah he's got some kind of plan i i believed him too i thought he could do it definitely uh we go back to jaffin's apartment after that big theater kiss and clearly it's post-coital eh. it's post-coital jaffin's lounging she comes out he says are you comfortable? And she says, the blanket's nice and warm. And he goes, no, I mean, are you comfortable here with me? And she says, I can't remember being more comfortable in my entire life. Wow. That's huge. Yes. What a huge. statement. What a statement. I, I do. Does that mean that she was unhappy being captain? Like subconsciously? Yes. Well, she was not oh, comfortable. Hard. Not not uh -huh. not that she was unhappy. She was not comfortable. I think she's happy as a captain at times. Yeah but she was not comfortable. Okay. I also have a question. Post-coital yes. scene. Yeah. She's bringing out hot coffee. Is would not be my choice. After no. Coffee. I don't know I don't... that people go, "Oh, we just had sex. Let's, Let's drink some black hot black coffee now." <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. I, I'd bring it would you not a... be my beverage of choice. Listen, if I just had if it was post-coitus between us, I'd bring you a nice spritzer, Robbie. I'd say Thank here, you. here's nice a nice spritzer. effervescent little spritzer with a little yeah, bit something of something refreshing, light. I'm refresh you after I've like had like a hot beverage. Yeah. If I've had nookie with you, uh -uh. Robbie, I'm gonna give you something refreshing afterwards. Thank you. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Megan just walked around from the corner, started staring at me. She's like, what are you talking about? You're right. Coffee would not be the beverage of choice after that. Okay, we go to the bar next. Torres is sitting by herself. Paris goes to talk to her. And I just felt like this is Paris good guy. Like, yeah. even if he doesn't know who he is or who she is, yeah. his instincts now as, as the character he is, yeah. is he's a good guy. And Boy, especially when you shock her with, you know, I was offering to introduce you to some people I met that are expecting a baby like you. I mean, yeah, she's I, like, what? I thought you'd want to get some, to know some other parents. She, she's very defensive at first. She apologizes. Yeah. You know, she turns here in this scene. Yeah. She does say, I can't be romantic with anybody right now, but, but thank you. And Paris says, what about a friend? And yeah. she goes, what? And he yeah. says, well, if romance is out of the question. Uh, could you use a friend? Yeah. Very sweet scene. Uh, it is. We go just a nice turn for her. And then we go out to space and we see Voy uh, Voyager hovering in space. We go in the astrometrics lab. Yeah. Neelix is working in the astrometrics lab. Everybody's <laughs> doing everything they never, they never do. He's never worked there before, has he? No. Wow. But he's been speaking to uh, captains of eight vessels who left Quora. He says they were all looking, asked if he was looking for employment because there's a labor shortage in the entire system and there's a com big competition for workers. Yeah. So it's definitely starting to make sense what's going on. Yeah. They talk about re-entering the system, going back, and Chicote says, no, we're going to have to find jobs there. We're going to have to go undercover, basically. Yeah. And we can't take the ship because it might arouse suspicion. And Neelix mm -hmm. goes, what if we take my ship? Chicote uh says we're gonna have to go look for jobs and he says the doctor isn't reconstructive surgery one of your specialties so he won't be recognized they yeah they won't so they won't be recognized mm -hmm. we cut the sick bay and chakotay has had his reconstructive surgery with a whole different like his cheekbones are different and he doesn't have a tattoo yes. yeah neelix says in the scene you should oppose his talaxian 
and Chakotay <laughs> says whiskers make, make me, itch. me itch. But I wish we had, had gone oh, as a Talaxian. God, that would have been yeah. amazing. Yes. We should all look like Talaxians at one point. In one I know. That would have been cool. That would have been fun. Mm -hmm. The doctor asks for Neelix's hand to put a subdermal transponder in so they can maintain an open calm. Why don't we just do that all the time? Yeah. And you see that they dropped it in his palm first, bloop, mm -hmm. and then he just scanned that thing over, and it just and that thing just sort of yeah it was recesses cool. into his skin. I guess that was interesting. It was cool. Yeah. As we wrap the scene up, the oh oh, Chakotay is... says, you know, Harry, you're in charge, and the doctor's like, wait, I thought I was going to be in charge. Yeah. And Harry's very upset. Yeah. And the doctor says, well, I've got two million tactical subroutines. Uh, that should outrank an ensign. Yeah, but you know what Harry should have said? I have two million hours on the bridge in the last yeah. six years. You have, what, five minutes? Five, you know, five minutes. Said, that's what he should have said. So I have well, experience. He may have subroutines, but I've got the experience. Well, they, they start to bicker, and Chakotay says, gentlemen, work it out. And they say, I, sir, together. And then, then they start to... They're standing shoulder to shoulder and they both start to walk out at the same time. Harry and the doctor, they bump into each other. Like, who's going to go first? Harry ends uh, up going first and this doc was, rolls his eyes. It was a very this, funny this, bit. This was, this was Bob, actually. This is Bob Picard. Oh, it's oh, yeah, he, great. He said when we were filming this scene, he was like, he was like, Garrett, I think this might add a little extra element of humor. If we do that thing where we sort of both try to leave at the same time and we bump into each other. I'm like, okay, if you want to go for this. And I remember Cricker. Craker did direct this first one, right? Yeah. So yep. Cricker, yeah, Craker was like, hey, yeah, let's try it. So it was a Bob originated a Bob idea. Yeah, it was a Bob pitch on set. So that we did that. And it was great. It was cute. It was funny. It was, it was very yeah, funny. Very, very rom-com kind of a scene, you yeah. know, in a way. So yeah, I liked it. We cut out to space. We see Neelix's ship exit the shuttle bay. Cool shot. Very yep. cool. Back at the plant. Seven is uh, doing her job, finds Tuvok mm -hmm. and... She says that he's neglected to report for his last three inoculations. Mm -hmm. He knows what's up. That's why. He's been avoiding it. And he is looking sweaty. Yeah. He's looking, you know, uh, like he's having withdrawals or something. Yes. He looks definitely like he's going through something for sure. And he even calls her seven of nine. And she's like, what are you talking about? My yeah. employee number is 8586. Stop right there. Employee yeah. number. Let's do numerology here. Check this out. 8 plus 5 is 13. 13 plus 8 is 21. 21 plus 6 is 27. Separate the 2 and 7. You get 9. So even her employee number is, I got the 9 in it. Wow. That's okay. I want to share that with you. Tuvok tries to mind melt her here. Yeah. She doesn't remember who she is, so he's going to mind melt her. Yeah. She calls security. She sees herself <laughs> stepping off of her regeneration alcove. So mm -hmm. she she does have a moment where where she realizes or she has a flashback. Yeah. But then security grabs him and drags him away. And mm -hmm. Tuvok is yelling, you know, we don't belong here. We don't belong here. I think we've all yelled that at one point as characters. Like, I don't belong here. I'm not part of this or something yeah. like that. Yeah. to that effect it was good okay. though but he's planted the seed in seven she's yeah. she's now got some wisdom passage of time i think to the next day mm -hmm. yes oh we have the supervisor now 
interviewing Chakotay, mm-hmm. um, talking about all his qualifications, and he's impressed with what Chakotay has going for him. So he's very excited to have him uh, working at the plant. But during this conversation, Chakotay does recognize one of our regular background actors, I guess, um, mm-hmm. and, and sort of stops. The supervisor notices that and thinks that's a little unusual. Someone you know? Chakotay goes, no, no, just a lot of unusual species. And supervisor mm-hmm. cor- you know, corroborates that. We have a diverse workforce. He then sees Janeway. Yes. Uh, the supervisor realizes that he's not paying attention. Yeah. And so he covers with, well, I'm just excited to be here. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And the supervisor says, okay, carry on, leaves. Then Chakotay goes over to, to Captain Janeway and calls her Catherine. And she says, yes. So he thinks maybe she's going to remember. He goes, it's Chakotay. Yeah. And she goes, what? I'm sorry. But he pivots very fast. So he yes. immediately goes like, oh, I'm new here. He doesn't pull the whole Tuvok like, you have to remember me. Yeah. He's just like, I'm new. I just uh, was told just that you would be. Yeah. yeah. The supervisor said you would be a good person to answer questions. So he covers mm-hmm. perfectly. There's nothing yeah. she could say to that. So he just introduces himself. And he says, my employment file lists my name as Amal Cote. <laughs> Amal Cote. I like it. Cote. Amal Cote. Yeah. Hey. He uh, should he have says, said his name was Akuchi Moya. He just sort of went with that. I know that would have been so much Janeway says, well, happy to meet you, whatever your name is. And uh, we cut into the medical facility where Tuvok is being held down. Don Most, our Dr. Caden, is, uh, mm-hmm. says you're just having a relapse of dysphoria syndrome and you need the shot. And Tuvok tries to fight it, but they finally they inject him. Yeah. And then we cut inside the bar and Neelix has obviously met Tom before, you know, the scene starts mid scene because mm-hmm. Neelix has picked up on the same thing. Chakotay did that, that we don't remember the yeah. truth. He's talking to Tom about how he got this job at one line. <laughs> Though I love the one line where uh, this Neelix, part, says, Neelix, yeah. Neelix says, it's almost like serving on a starship, you know, <laughs> and Harris goes, wow, have you ever done that? <laughs> Neelix says, well, you're looking at the former captain of my, my own cargo vessel in Paris. Wow. Must be quite a life. Yeah. Alex goes, what about you? Ever worked on a ship? And Paris's response is, oh no, space travel makes me sick. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I did very too. Funny. I very did funny. too. That was very funny. We see Bellana's there yeah. and she's now with a couple that maybe the one that Tom introduced her to. Yeah. And she's starting to make some friends. Chicote shows up and Janeway invites Chicote and Neelix sort of to have dinner with her and Jaffin, but Jaffin's sort of like, no, no, no. I was hoping we could eat alone tonight. And Janeway is a little, you know, confused. And she's like, that was rude. Uh, But he was like, no, I have an important thing to tell you. I must have you Mm -hmm. by myself, basically. Mm -hmm. Tom and Bellana talk briefly. Uh, He says, uh, hey, I'm I'm about to go on a break. I'll walk you to the transport. And she's like, oh, don't worry, I'll be fine. And he, and Tom's response is, I'm not worried about you. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not you that I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. And the like, baby. Oh, the baby will be fine so too. So cute. Sweet moment. Yes. And there's a sweet look at the end there. Like she stops and looks back at him. Yeah. And, um, Neelix and Chicote though, follow her out. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And uh, then we go over to hear what Jaffin was, why he wanted Janeway alone. Yeah. And he basically says, I think we should move in together. I know. That's fast. And she goes, 
They, they talk briefly and then she's like, all right, let's do it. Let's try it. She says, maybe I'm out of my mind. Let's try it. And I went, I'm, yeah. Yeah, you crazy. are out of your mind. You're out <laughs> of your mind. You just met this guy. Oh my gosh. We go out to the alley. Torres is walking by herself. Neelix is following her. Neelix is scary in the fog like that yeah. coming after her. I'd be scared with all that crazy hair she's looking behind me. Looking back and then Chakotay bumps her from the other side. Yeah. He apologizes. Oh, my fault. He tries to tell her that they were friends. He's trying to get her to remember. She's not really listening. He grabs her and pulls her yeah. into the side of the alley. And yeah. she starts freaking out. She punches him. Neelix grabs her from behind. Bellana calls for security. Help, help, help. Um, Chicote calls Voyager. Uh, lock on to uh, Neelix's signal. Transport them both back. Harry says, acknowledged. We go back and, yeah. Neelix and Bellana beam out. Right. But I can't beam out Chakotay, though. He's running for his life, basically. Yeah. She's rescued. Chakotay's on the run. We cut back to the bridge, and Harry is flying the ship. Yeah. He, you're sitting in my chair. Are you upset? You're sitting, you're sitting. How did it feel? Do you remember? I like sitting down there. I do. It's a good spot. The only thing I didn't like, I, I remember I felt this from day one. Everybody's behind me, and I have personally you gotta, you an issue keep. with like people. Like if I go to the movies, I like to sit in the back. I don't like people behind behind me. you. Yeah, I get a little paranoid. Yeah, no, we, we trust, know that about I trust you. people. Really? Yeah, yeah. So being down there, I couldn't see anybody's face. No, I could never see how you know I could no. hear. I think that's why you brought a book all the time to the bridge because you couldn't really see anyone. So you said, you know what? I'll be in my own world down here yeah. at con. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. You're flying the ship. Uh, you're under attack. You had to raise shields. You couldn't bring uh, you couldn't bring Chicote back on the ship. No. We have a space shot of Voyager leaving orbit. Two ships are uh, trailing after him, chasing him. We go to yep. sick bay. Neelix is trying to explain uh, we're we're here to help you. She doesn't want help. Mm. We see Tuvok in the corn medical facility. Uh, he's being brainwashed again with this giant screwdriver thing headed towards his head. Not good. Yeah. We go to, we go to the bar, Janeway and Jaffin are kissing. We're just cutting all around the world. Finally, <laughs> we're, we're back to our foot chase with Chakotay and, uh, the security is getting closer and he gets to like a dead end. And I remembered when I saw this, I remember specifically Craiger talking about how they would build this dead end on the stairs and then put a giant green screen out there. So that oh. when, when you cut around to the other side, yeah. you'd see that he was looking down at, at you know. Oh, oh at, at how high up he was and everything. Yeah, yeah, the bottom but of the I, factory. Sure. I remember, I, I may have even gone over when they were filming this or something. Okay, okay. Because they did have to set up a giant green screen. Wow. Back in a really tight corner. Because like we said before, this was all the backside of places that weren't supposed to be photographed. They nobody, intended. no, but probably no. no one has ever filmed there until we did. No, no. <laughs> so, these no. are like utility. This is strictly for the tiny the inner, little, yeah. Yeah. yeah the inner workings of, yeah. And, it's just stuff mm -hmm. that you don't film in. It's, it's mainly for maintenance stuff for HVAC things that we were talking about. That's yeah. it. Stuff that's supposed yeah. to be hidden from public view, but we yeah. used it to film this episode, which is quite creative to be honest. Yeah. Okay. But he gets to that dead end. He hits a force field. Yeah, There's like some kind of force field there. And all He's he stuck. can do is look down. Yeah. Security's on his tail. And then we have to be continued. Dot, dot, yes. dot. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes, That's yes, it. yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Do you have a lesson from this this first part of this? I episode? do actually. Okay. I do. Uh, my lesson is that even when the truth is repressed or suppressed, that that truth will find a way to break through. Mm. That's the lesson I got because even though all these characters had been brainwashed and their you know memories were were buried, yeah. Uh, somehow Tom Paris's true nature still came out. Balana's true nature still came out. Okay. Janeway's true nature still came out. Yeah. Tuvok's nature. It, it's just you can't hide from reality. Is the is the is the real life lesson? Okay. Reality is always there, even if yeah. you try to pretend it's not. Yeah. 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 All righty. Yeah. So I'm going to say my lesson from this episode is that we all need to work on cultivating and practicing patience. Patience mm -hmm. is key. The doctor had to evade enemy ship after enemy ship and one person repairing system after system had to have patience. Finding the crew, Harry Kim, searching every single sector in this quadrant practically had to be patient. So I, I find like this episode is all about just finding patience <laughs> because that's the only way to get anything done is be patient, mm -hmm. do it bit by bit. Don't expect massive, mm -hmm. you know, uh, results day one. It, it's all incremental. It builds upon each move you do, each step that you make to get to a solution builds, builds upon the prior step. Right. So right. it's a gradual process and it's patient. I buy that. Your rating for this episode. I know it's high. It's going to be a high one. What'd you give it? I like I like this one. Okay. You may be surprised, but I'm going to give it a 9.5. Good Lord. 9.5. This one had me. I was in I, every, uh, every turn, every twist. Love this one. 9.5. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm shocked. What about you? I don't even know what to say right now. I don't even know. I don't even have a number because of what you've just said. It's just, you've just short circuited my brain. Are you serious? You're 9 going 9.5? Yes, sir. I, I sure am. I can't do that. I can't go that high. Um, okay. Okay. 8.2. What? <laughs> Only an 8.2? How mad see, you are. Let's see what let's our. Do, okay, let's go. Captains and Admirals average rating for Workforce Part One is 7.9. Thank you. Thank oh you. My. I was I only went eight because you went nine. I said because I was going to go seven. I said no. He, Robbie's going to throw a shoe at me if I 9. say 5. seven. Jeez, seven point nine. So close it. to eight point two. Well, All I'm glad right. you liked it. It's you know yeah objective really. So yeah. and this may be a nine point nine for somebody else. Yeah, you, know, you don't even know someone likes it even more than you do. Yeah, I, um, I like this one a lot. I, you I, did. I, I mean, I, I do like the elements, but I thought, I honestly thought the minute that you saw that people didn't remember who they were, you were going to just slap uh, it down like you did I, that normally other episode. Normally I would. <laughs> well, the other one, because we were playing characters, like, yeah, like this like is just, were, they've taken away yeah. our memory, but we're still kind of the same people. Yep. Just in a whole different reality. Yep. That we're unaware of our other reality and so we're still the same people okay. i buy that yeah I, that that doesn't feel like a bridge too far to me in fact that's a really interesting premise to me yeah it is so. all right everyone thank you for joining us for this recap discussion of workforce part one join robbie and i next week when we will finish up this two-parter and recap and discuss workforce part two one of your favorites favorite episodes so far all right everyone 
See you next week. Yeah, thanks. See you next week. Bye.